Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Amen. How good were those testimonies, everybody? How good. How good. Let's just pray together, everybody, for a minute. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your, your hand on our lives. Thank you for your hand on our church. Father, thank you, Lord, that uh, even the people we heard tonight, Lord, every one of them so important to you, Lord. Every one of them so special to you, Father. We just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that, Father, right now you would just touch us again tonight, Lord. Everybody in our Friday night uh, family tonight, Lord, I just pray, Father, touch us, speak to us. And, Lord, I pray, help us all to play our part, God, that, Father, we would continue to see people, Lord, both here at home in Perth and around the world, Father, getting free, getting saved. Jesus, having eternal life, Lord. We just pray for that now. And Father, we pray that our impact, Lord, around the world would continue to increase. Father, we just pray, Lord, right now for Zambia. We pray for Germany. We pray for Melbourne. Father, we pray for Montreal and Canada, Lord. We just pray, Father. Lord, let your blessing be there. Let our canvases explode with salvation in your life. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would fill everybody with a great generosity. Lord, give us great faith, Lord, for this year's Missions Faith Promise. Give every Everybody new faith, and Lord, I pray that all of us would step up, Father. And uh, Lord, we would not, um, Lord, we wouldn't sabotage our own growth, Lord, and our own experience of the miraculous, Father, as we put you first. But I pray we'd all step up in faith, Lord. And as we do, thank you for miracles, Lord, both here at home and around the world, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, "Come on, let's give the Lord a great hand, everyone. Let's give the Lord a great hand." Amen. You can be seated. Can you give a big welcome? I've got one of my great friends in the world here from Sweden, Tobias Ackerman. First time in Australia. Can you give Tobias a big welcome, everybody? You know, uh, this weekend is, uh, it's a supernatural weekend. And the uh, African young guy you just saw who ended up speaking uh, in Yanja, he's a kunda who was on the street when we first started church in, in Zambia. Literally a street child, uh, no parents, just raising himself with other children on the street. And to see him even speaking to a camera and being able to do that just is just so fantastic for my heart. And, uh, and much bigger, everybody, than um, we all know to see him doing that. And uh, so who knows where Kunda can go. God's got a great plan for him, as he has for everybody who you saw. And they're all representing a whole lot of other people. And so I want to encourage you, uh, as you step up with your faith promise, which you'll find this on your seat and uh, you can actually uh, hand that in tonight. Uh, we'll do that at the end of this service in just a f- uh, few minutes really and uh, and also if you're not prepared, if you want to do it you can after the service sit and then hand it in on the way out the door otherwise you can do it on Sunday but together, our faith promise here we, uh, we've got a lot to do and uh, we've got a lot to do, we've got to support Tenacious House here at home but then also what we're called to do in the nations of the world so um just want to speak to you for a few minutes. Let me just read the Word of God. Who likes the Word of God? Yes. <laughs> Amen. So Acts 16 verse 8 
is really, uh, and verse down to verse 10 is really the verses right now for me again that, um, you know, we heard Pastor Spencer talk about uh, our verses in Matthew 9, which is, you know, we're praying the Lord to send labourers into the harvest. Well, we've sent them out there and now we just need to keep them there and finance them being there and then uh, help finance the buildings. But, you know, once again, um, really God is calling us to help. That's been such a theme of our church is that we're called as a people to help. And uh, nothing, you know, for everybody who's new to church or a new Christian or maybe not yet a Christian, can I encourage you, there's nothing like uh, helping yourself by helping others. If you want to help your own life, begin to help others. And in Acts chapter 16, it says here, as uh, so passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Well, everybody, we're not called to Macedonia currently, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we have had a vision of God calling us to Zambia, to Germany, to Melbourne, and to Montreal, Quebec in Canada. And, uh, and so along with our home base here in Perth, God has said, come and help. And really that's what we're doing is we're coming and helping. And I wanna encourage everybody, there's nothing greater you can do with your life than play a part in God's kingdom. I really believe people around the planet, the, you know, if you look around and trying to talk too much stuff, but the planet's a bit crazy, right? There's a lot of unhel- unwell people when you see what's going on. And really, as I just said, people need the Lord. Firstly, you need Jesus. And, uh, and then, can I just say to everybody, you need God's purpose in your life. The enemy has everybody distracted from the main game. The main game is Jesus and eternity. And then it's your purpose on the planet. And uh, you wanna see people, people will do all kinds of things, put all kinds of things in their bodies, hurt themselves, do everything, when really all of it is the enemy distracting them from the fact that you are uniquely made, you are uniquely gifted. Every man here, every woman here, uniquely made, uniquely gifted. You are 3.5 billion base pairs of DNA that emblazoned to the earth that you are somebody created by God for this moment on earth to bring the uniqueness of you to the planet. But together, as we partner together to do it, now in the nations of the world and then partner financially to see God's plan brought to pass. I wanna tell you right now, when you step into that purpose, one, the devil hates it, which I'm very glad about. And two, you begin to change and get free from the chains that have held you down. The fetters and the chains begin to break off because you begin to walk in God's predestined plan in Jesus' Name. So I just want to, in the, the time I've got now, just encourage everybody. Listen, you know, uh, the Bible says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. The Bible says God has placed eternity in our hearts. For anybody who digs into their hearts, some people don't live at any, they're, they're living at a shallow level of life. They live up here, just in the, the, you know, the top level of shallowness. But if you dig down and really get in, dig into your heart, and I can remember even as a child, you know, uh, when I wasn't saved, my family was crazy at the time, but I can remember even as a child having this sense of my life has value, there's something for me to do, and also that there was a God. 
And uh, I can remember looking up at the sky and looking around and just going, I knew there was a God. And, and already, even as a child, God had placed eternity in me as He has in you. Now you can, you can, you can see your conscience, you can see your heart, you can see your mind. And, uh, but when people say, oh, I don't believe in God and they just brush it off, I'm like, really, it's an IQ test because um, you can't look at the universe and look at the world and go, all of that is there. You, you gotta have a lot of faith to go, it just suddenly all happened. And people are so unique. You are so incredible. And uh, the person next to you is so incredible. And to say, hey, it just all kind of happened. And, you know, uh, we all got lucky in some primordial soup, you know, um, a billion years ago. No, no, no. You're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. Hello, down the back. You're made in the image of God. Can, can you guys just bring the lights down a little bit for me so I can see all the good looking people down the back? You're made in the image of God. And uh, God's plan and purpose for you is great, but God wants you to think eternally. The enemy is always trying to get you to think the problem you have right now. Um, you know, the gas bill came in. I lost my job, this. Listen, things happen. And I wanna encourage you, if you begin to think and live eternally with that view, all those things begin to shrink in their power they have over you. I pray over my gas bill. I pray over my situation. I want to encourage you, you have a problem. Don't withdraw from God. Don't withdraw from church. Too many Christians at the moment of breakthrough, they withdraw because something went wrong. No, no, that's the time to push in. If you want to see the miracles, push in when it's gone wrong. Push in when it's gone wrong. You know, Billy Graham said, um, my home is heaven. He said on earth, I'm just traveling through. He said, my home is heaven. I'm just traveling through right now. I love that. So that reminds us again, you and I are just traveling through. And, um, and, uh, and he went on and said, uh, you know, when God's will, be, uh, sorry, when my will becomes God's will, <laughs> that is when God's will gets done. So when we begin to say, hey, Lord, what do you want from my life? Lord, what do you want me to do? Then God's will gets done on planet earth. And uh, I wanna encourage you, ultimately, it's God's will that has meaning. There's so much stuff that we get involved in that has actually no meaning. Can I encourage you, everybody, choose to live a life that is at a level of new meaning, that your life is of great purpose. It's got value, it's got meaning. Give dignity to yourself. Give dignity to your calling and to your own life by going, well, I wanna live life at a level that actually is, um, you know, uh, seeking God's will. And then in, when, I've, when I'm actually doing God's will, then I'm gonna be having a life that ultimately is filled with great purpose. Because when you're doing God's will, I'm telling you now, purpose flows all over you. Jesus has called us everybody to, to sacrifice. You know, in John 15, it says, uh, this is my commandment that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I've loved you. And then Jesus reminds us, no one has greater love, nor stronger commitment than to lay down his life for his friends. You know, everyone, we're, we're um, not laying down our life through our giving here tonight or this weekend. We won't be laying down our life, but we are sacrificing and we are paying a cost. But I'm very glad that people paid a cost so that I could be saved. There were people who in the church that I ended up in who, you know, prayed, gave, served, 
you know, sacrificed. And then when I became a Christian, I was able to go to this church in Sydney, which Pastor Jack Haynes now is actually the senior pastor of that church. He ended up taking the leadership of that many years ago. But I'm very grateful because if, unless those people there years ago, decades ago now, actually sacrificed, I would not have had anywhere to go to when I became a Christian. And I certainly wouldn't have the life that I have now. So everybody, I want to encourage you, let's think eternally. Uh, whatever your problem is now, see it in the light of eternity. Don't see it in the light of the here and now, but see it in the light of eternity. You know, I said the other day, Amy Carmichael, who was an incredible lady, an incredible missionary to India, she said, uh, does it not stir up our hearts to go forth and help people, help them? Does it not make us long to leave our luxury, our exceeding abundant light and go to them that sit in darkness? And that's how the Bible actually teaches it, you know, is that people are actually sitting in darkness. They're in darkness, they're lost, they're blind, they're bound. And, uh, and when we go and when we speak and we, when we send our best people out, which we have done, really we're, you know, we're, we're being so generous by saying, hang on, we love people that we don't even know yet. But even now, there's people coming on the screen here who I don't know, who we're talking tonight. I don't know some of these people. And I'm thinking, wow, they've come into the Global Heart family because of the love and generosity of many of you here in our church right now. Rick Warren said this. He said, the way you stir up treasure in heaven, which Jesus said to do, the way you stir up treasure in heaven is by investing in getting people there. <laughs> he said, you've got to invest into getting people there. Well, what we're doing through our Missions Faith Promise for 2023 is invest in people getting in, getting into heaven, getting a new life, and I pray actually getting generationally free. And uh, Charles Spurgeon said this, he said, I would sooner bring one sinner to Jesus Christ than, than unravel all the mysteries, even of the divine Word, for salvation is the one thing we are to live for. Salvation is the one thing we are to live for. Everybody think about that. Salvation is the one thing we are to live for. And we need to think of that in light of the fact that life is so quick. I just said to Dave and Cindy tonight, we started church here 24 years ago, about now. And uh, you're like, really, that has gone incredibly quick. And I just want to let everybody know your life is going quickly. And uh, so it's gone incredibly quick. Life is quick. And, uh, but eternity never ends. Eternity has no end. You know, when Sue and I um, got married in 1984, I went to London in those days, you know, traveling to uh, anywhere was a big deal. And the, when you flew to London, it was you, all you guys today who can go nonstop somewhere. It was uh, f uh, four stops to London. Yeah, so London was the fifth stop on the trip. It was a long haul flight from Australia. But when I got there, um, you know, I was 22. Uh, yeah, 22 years old when I got married. And uh, when I got there, there was no one in the church that, you know, I didn't know the church people that Sue had joined this small church and we were getting married. And, uh, you know, when we went to the church to get married, they had some humour. They had a huge kangaroo at the front door and of the church for the wedding and had, uh, do you, uh, Bruce, take this Sheila? And the English having a bit of humour, you know, and... Um, 
And uh, it was really, really funny. But uh, I ended up choosing Sue's stepbrother because I had to find a best man. Uh, Steve Kelly, still to this day, who has been my friend for over 40 years, Steve said to me, he goes, you know, my, my thinking was so small and so broken in those days. He still says to me now, it's one of the biggest regrets, he could never came to my wedding. He said, because I couldn't even imagine even believing for the money to go. And now he flies around the world every week, right? But he said, my thinking and my heart had changed so much. So I said to Sue, Sue said, what are you gonna do for a best man? Cause uh, none of my, my family were broke. None of them could come. And uh, you know, 30 years ago, airfares were the same as they are now. You know, like I think a ticket I paid 30 years ago was what I paid, what you pay now. So anyway, so I said to Sue, I want your, be- your, your stepbrother to be my best man. And it wasn't even Sue's real brother, it's her stepbrother who she'd had through her teen years. And I chose Jess to be my best man. Well, Sue and I had the most Christian wedding you've ever seen. And so we had uh, praise and worship happening and Sue and I were praising God and her, everybody's got big English hats on, all the English at their wedding. And all of them have got their hats on. All I can remember is looking around at Sue's family and they're all like this under their hats going, what is happening? And Sue and I were both, we'd become Christians. We knew we'd been rescued. Sue was in darkness, I was in darkness. Sue was uh, getting into spiritual things that were taking her, uh, you know, certainly away from God. Both of us were rescued by the Lord. And so we were rejoicing that we got saved. And I remember my, Jeff is my best man. Everything's happening and then I'm praying and he's like, he's like this the whole time. I'm like, what's happening at this, at this wedding? As Sue and I sang and praised the Lord as we got married and uh, we didn't hold back. It was a Christian wedding and we didn't become something else because it was our wedding, right? You know, uh, well, Jeff later asked me about Christianity and he spoke to Sue about it and he was like, wow, this is just new to me, you know, and and he was an English policeman, English Bobby, they call them. And, uh, you know, we both shared our faith with Jeff and then when we left uh, England, I didn't see him again for a lot, of year, a lot of years. I think we saw him one more time. And, uh, and then he got off a plane from England in his 30s. He'd gave, given his life to the Lord. Sue and I heard out, he's give, Jeff's given his life to the Lord. He's now going to church. And he got totally, he got born again, became a Christian, a real turnaround in his whole life. Got off a plane from uh, Europe in London and dropped dead at about 32 years old. So young, very short life, very, very quick. But I just thought, thank God, Lord, even there, that even the, the connection, me saying, I want you to be my best man. I didn't even know why I did that, but that was the Holy Spirit because God sees the bigger picture and it's about eternity. Everybody, we don't know what God is doing, but I tell you one right now, don't think short term and think about your life having an impact through your giving. And I just thank God, you know, now I look back and I think, well, even there that Jeff uh, gave his life to the Lord. And, uh, but it was key moments, key moments. This is a key moment for us as a church and uh, a key moment where we can see people come to know Christ. Can I encourage everybody, you know, um, you know, the, the Bible really encourages us to, to think about lives and think about timing. You know, I just uh, got the statistic the other day that there's 178,000 people leave the planet every day around the world. 178,000 people leave the planet like that, tick, 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 leaving the planet. They're here, they're gone. They're here, they're gone. They're here, they're gone. Every, every moment of the day, people are leaving the planet, right? So you and I right now, we're here. You and I right now have a moment. And uh, the moment is short, the moment is passing. And that's why I want to encourage everybody to engage with it. Talk to our pastors and leaders say, hey, what's my part in Global Heart Church right now? How can I get involved in the house? So that uh, your, your moment on the earth counts. And here's what I always tell the youth, whatever you do at 20 determines what you're doing at 30. What you do at 30 determines where you'll be at 40. 
What did you do at 40? Tell me what you're doing at 50. So it's really important that we engage with the here and now. But we've got to realize, you know, heaven is real. Hell is real. The Bible tells us heaven is real and hell is real. Hell is separation from God. And, and uh, the Bible describes it as a terrible place. We don't want to be lost there. We want to be saved. And so I saw years ago too, even just the power of the Holy Spirit, um, somebody right on their deathbed, the power of the Holy Spirit to save somebody. And it's always stirs me when we have our Missions Faith Promise weekend to go, I don't know who's coming to church in Quebec this weekend. I don't know who's coming to church in Perth this weekend. I don't know who's coming to church in Lusak. I don't know, but I know this, God is drawing people, God's drawn you, and He draws us to save us because life is short. And, uh, and we don't know, um, you know, where, where our life will go. In Christ, we know God's got a plan that's gonna be good, but still life is short. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, this week, uh, supernaturally, a situation with them um, years ago, and I'll just finish with this story because it was just supernatural. And uh, it was the most, it impacted me for years to see somebody right on the deathbed give their life to Christ and to feel the presence of, the, of, the, of God fill their whole room and, I, and to see what happened from that salvation. Years ago when I was only a new pastor, so I'm probably about 26, I, a, a girl came running into our offices and said her cousin was dying. She'd become a Christian. Her cousin wasn't a Christian. And it was in the era when AIDS was uh, really ravaging uh, a lot of young men, particularly around the planet. And she said to me and one of the other pastors, you have to come to the hospital in Sydney, St. Vincent's Hospital. My cousin is going to die and he doesn't know the Lord. And I'm like, okay, right. And uh, I said, how's the rest of the family? How's his parents? Are they going to be okay for us to come in and talk to your cousin? She said, no, 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 they're all anti. <laughs> I was like, which what I knew was the anti-religion, as Pastor Spencer said. People don't know, the most people don't know the love of God and the power of God and the grace of God. They just have some kind of religious thing. So when I got there, just again, you know, this, this situation, he was dying of AIDS, this young guy. He was only in his 20s. He was a skeleton and he was lying in the bed and he hadn't moved at all for the last two weeks. And the cousin's crying, all the family were there. They're not uh, believers at all. It was a very tense atmosphere and I said to the cousin what do you want me to, what do you want us to do what do you want me to do and she said I want you to go and tell him the gospel I'm like wow all the family said and I said as if how's the family going to be with all this you know because you have to be sensitive right she said I don't care but I've told them you're coming and you need to go and tell my cousin the gospel <laughs> so I went over to this guy who had not moved and I just whispered in his ear you know told him the gospel told him Jesus loved him Jesus died on the cross. And I remember this guy, just skin and bone, skeleton, and obviously dying of AIDS. And you know, and, uh, and I remember saying his, his name, Michael. I said, Michael, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I said, maybe when I pray the prayer, if you want in on what Jesus has done when He died on the cross for you, just grip my hand. And I said, and I'll know and God will know that you're saying amen. And I remember he had not moved. She's, the cousin's crying. Everybody else is just watching. And I'm just, I'm talking, you know, not loud, but I'm talking to him right in his ear. And you know, when uh, I said, I'm going to pray the prayer now, if you want to be included in that prayer for salvation, just grip my hand. I never forget this young guy, he's, he hadn't moved and he put his hand over to my hand and went, grabbed my hand. And I prayed the salvation prayer. And when I prayed it, he goes, Amen. And I knew right at that moment, the whole room lit up. It was like it, the light went on in the room. The whole thing lit up with the presence and power of God. And I was like, whoa, 
I could feel God go boom, straight to this young man. And I was like, wow, you have just been saved. Lord, Your grace is amazing. Your grace is amazing. And I remember the young girl, she just burst out crying and she goes, he's going to heaven. (laughs) She just knew. And all the family were just, oh my gosh. But the whole room, they could all were so, everything changed and the peace that came. And uh, Michael died like a day or two later. I know in eternity, I'm gonna meet him one day and shake his hand. He's gonna be healed and whole. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. But that day reminded me, and it brings me to this day now, that we don't know who's coming in the door. But every person is worthy of salvation. Every person needs salvation. But through our generous giving, through your generous giving, we were able to see a whole lot of people come into Jesus' Kingdom. Who thinks that's worthwhile? Come on, who thinks that's so worthwhile? We don't know who's coming, how they're coming. Come on, but who thinks it's so worthwhile? Can you stand up with me, everybody? We're gonna sing for a moment. Let's just sing for one moment, come on. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.